Welcome back to the Couch Command. Uh, my name is Keith Hayward. I am the host of the Couch Command podcast, uh, hosted on popgeeks.com. Uh, the intro music is from the Starcadian. You should look up his music. He's fantastic. Uh, the person who does a production is Brian Klein, the Sonic Clang. With me today, I have Matt, the Doc Falconer. Hey, what's happening? Also today, I have MJ. To quote the late 20th century musical greats that were the Bloodhound Gang, it's the inevitable return of the Great White Dope. Thanks for having Whoa, me. Whoa, nice one. <laughs> <laughs> Newcomer today, I have Jason. Thanks so much for having me. Happy to be here. All right, and also working the helm, fantastically as usually, I have Voidcat. Thank you very much. I'm always happy to be here. Um, hello, everyone. We're here to talk about The Last of Us today. So uh, I will be starting with the question I always start with. Uh, how did you guys come upon this show? It, it, how, how do you know about it? Like, how close is it to your heart, etc.? Um, I'll go first. I am a gamer amongst gamers. So even though I never played The Last of Us, several of my pr- friends have played The Last of Us. I already knew how it ended when we started the show. And, you know, some 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 details, like what is a clicker, that I already knew. But, you know, like how Ellie got bitten, that I didn't know. So um, I came to it pretty fresh, but knowing the ending already, so having the ability to kind of see what was coming. How about you, MJ? Um, I, like you, have never played the game. I'm not as much of a gamer, but I happened to randomly catch the trailer, and everybody getting so excited about it. I'm like, okay, it's got Pedro Pascal, what the hell, might as well check it out. And I started watching it, and lo and behold, amazing. Nice. Uh, Jason? Yeah, so I remember before the game came out, some of the, like, pre-launch hype videos that they were releasing got me really interested in the game and i didn't play it at launch but uh you know a couple years maybe a year or two afterwards i my roommate had the remastered edition of the first game and i played it and it completely floored me i was just completely taken by it and so when the show was announced, I was obviously incredibly excited. Uh, so I'm uh, very excited to have this conversation. Um, Matt, how about you? Wait, hold on. Follow-up question. Did you play yes. the second game? Uh, yeah, so I played uh, the first game. I played the DLC, Left Behind. And, mm-hmm. and I did play the second game when uh, it was released. I was cool. so incredibly excited about it. Cool. Sorry, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I played like the uh, like the first couple of scenes of the game, and I am a gamer. And for some reason, I, I just uh, I really don't tend to get into uh, like big narrative games. I I more stick to things like roguelites and uh, and fighting games and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I never I never really got into the game. Uh, heard many many good things about it. Many of them from Jason actually. Uh, and uh, then yeah, I've heard the stuff about the show coming out, and you know that uh, Pedro Pascal's in it, that uh, Bella Ramsey's in it, and it looked really really good. And so yeah, I was excited about it. And then yeah, like we were saying, lo and behold, wow, amazing show. And it became, you know, the the first for me uh, like must watch TV like since you know pre season seven Game of Thrones. Yeah. 
And, and what a career Bella Ramsey is going to have. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, Keith, do I remember correctly that we kind of like talked you into watching this? <laughs> kind of, sort of. Um, so yeah, uh, my experience is like, uh, I, I'm a gamer, uh, but I've been more into, uh, for like the longest time, the culture of gaming and news. And so I've been following like all the news, like ripples that the game has been giving out since it came out. Uh, but I'm I'm a dedicated ex-bot, so um, I turn my nose up at uh, anything that's PlayStation exclusive. I'm uh, sure it was fantastic. I, I was back Easy the on the ponies too. there, dude. Come on. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, like the ripples from the game were just like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my, and people just falling to their knees and like going, whoa, something must have happened. And then yeah, like uh, then the news of um, Last of Us Two hit. And it started, you know, culture wars again. And I don't like playing that game in my geekness. So I just kind of mm-hmm. stayed away. And then, like, I'm feeling that the, there might be more culture wars to the TV show. That's why I stayed away from it. But, yeah, uh, during the podcast um, and then other YouTubers and whatnot, everybody's just saying, oh, my God, that was so fucking good. Oh, my God, that was so good. And then just mm-hmm. one night, um, instead of watching a movie with a friend, we had a uh, limited amount of time, so I was like, here, let's check out this pilot. And then we watched four episodes, and <laughs> we were like, holy shit, that was good. So, yeah, I was like, um, I, I was looking to talk about it. It seems like there's uh, much to talk about, especially since one of us didn't like the ending. MJ. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I rewatched it last night. I've softened a little bit on it, but we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, before we start on just talking about the show in general, can you tell me, spoiler free, what it is that you didn't like? Like, about it, like, did it feel too abrupt to you, or? You're referring to me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, for some reason, at first glance, just the logic of it just seemed to rub me the wrong way. There was a couple of things that Marlene said that I just kind of missed for whatever reason and that kind of eased some of the logic of the episode but um, oh gotcha gotcha yeah did you know that ending was coming when you watched it no no i didn't do what i usually do and read ahead through wikipedia and all that stuff unfortunately i've done that for the last of us too but um you're a read ahead kind of person do you when you read a book do you read the last page no 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 i only do the tv shows and movies but um adaptations interesting interesting yeah, I'm weird. Right. So, but I managed to not do that for the entirety of season one, so yay. But I think yeah. that's kind of awesome, Perfect. and I, that would, that would make more sense why you didn't like the ending. Because like seeing like for me like knowing the ending is all about like how are they going to end up doing this. But mm-hmm. if you just experienced it like point blank, yeah, I would I would I'd be uh, very put off by the ending, especially without like years to digest it. That's yeah. the thing. I, I don't mind the ending. It's just the logic of some of the characters within the story getting <laughs> to the ending that kind of got to me. And that's still mm-hmm. kind of, a couple things still kind of rub me the wrong way. But it, it is very easy to see the pieces when you already know what the the uh, final picture is. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't know what the final picture is, it's very easy to miss some of the, especially with like Marlene, for example, because you really just you see her in the first episode. There's like that kind of sort of flashback that she's in with um Ashley Birch returning um and then the last episode and if you don't remember the first episode very well and you don't know what what, what was already going on then it's very much like I'm sorry what hmm. ma'am pardon me <laughs> but yeah let's get into the meat of it Keith yeah how do you feel 
how do you feel about the show overall? What's your favorite parts? What what parts maybe didn't work quite as well for you? I love being won over by things that I really don't like. Uh, mm-hmm. Bella Ramsey will be that kind of person. Um, she was uh, another Jason Momoa experience where uh, when I first saw Jason Momoa and her like, and, like just glances like in Game of Thrones, I just did not like that character. I, I know people thought, oh my God, it's so precious. But like, the uh, constant... no, people just thought he was hot. Okay. That's not the same. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 I, I, yeah. For Jason Momoa, I was like, he, he thinks he's so cool. No, nah, man, I'm not with this. Thank you. But no, thank you. But seeing him in action and in the story, just like, whoa. Okay, he is cool and humble. Um, then there's Bella Ramsey in Game of Thrones, where I did not like the uh, uh, the her character's nonstop. I'm sick of your shit uh, shtick that she was doing, and I'm just mm-hmm. like I, I'm, I'm already tired of this. I don't want to spend an entire series with this character. She's the unexpected badass man. Come on, oh, it, but she did yeah, have a it, badass. Uh, finale, finale in the last season. I'll give her that. That was one of the few high points of last season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> I was a hater to the end, uh, yeah. but then I, uh, it, I did. No, it wasn't. She didn't, <laughs> it was seconds into I this series. Want to talk about uh, Game of Thrones, please? <laughs> we can be, we'll make it. I can do that because uh, there's a lot to talk about with uh, House of the Dragon. That was fantastic. Um, but it wasn't seconds into this TV show that she won me over. Like her, her acting chops are um, formidable, and I feel like. I want to say, wow, she's got a massive career ahead of her. Uh, but then, like I said, that for the woman in um, Dread and, you know, world does not always turn out how you think it's going to. But Bill and Ramsey um, swept me away. Uh, she's fantastic. Uh, I, I enjoy Ellie from the strength to the vulnerability to being an asshole kid to being a kid that you want to protect. Um, her uh, chemistry with Pedro Pascal, fantastic. Uh, the story pacing which was uh, not letting things linger too long. Uh, you just get boom, boom, boom uh, resolutions like at a good clip. Uh, there, there was a thing where I was noticing like uh, characters showing up and getting killed really quickly. Um, and I thought I wasn't going to like that, but the resolutions were just so good that, yeah, um, two thumbs up. And uh, I'm also familiar with, we won't spoil uh the next game, but I, a video I watched said like um, a lot of the things that people were like ah with in the game got improved upon in the TV show. So I'm very curious just to see like can they do it again in season two uh, with a game that a lot of people didn't like. What did they approve upon in season one? Oh, uh, let's see. Um, this like I'll say like uh, oh apparently and Jason, you can answer this. There's no, there wasn't an explanation for the outbreak. Uh, yeah, yeah. In the game, I, I think there might be a newspaper or something somewhere that you like. You know, as you're walking around, you pick up notes and things that like alludes to uh, sort of the explanation given in the show. I don't remember that at all. That's just like something I've read on the internet. But other than that, they don't even really talk about it whatsoever in the game. That's so that amazing. is definitely yeah. Yeah. Well, from a video game perspective, that's that's not really like an important detail to make sure you include. It's definitely the sort of thing that they typically include in, you know, exactly what you said, the notes that you find around. I would say in a strong narrative game that is world built like it is like they always like in, in like Mass Effect, we got how they got into space in, in like most games like that. So 
that we don't get what's out like 30 seconds on that and that's just so you make sure that you know that there was a war that Mm -hmm. Shepard was involved in but like i'm just saying we've got the basis of how we got into space we don't in the game there's no basis of how an outbreak happened that's nuts to me and yeah the idea of how they didn't like the idea of it seems so natural I, it seems like it should was in the game and it seems like it would have been in the game but the i mean it, uh, could, it the, could be something that you know just i as a player it you know missed it didn't even uh, if it's hidden <laughs> i'm impressed put together as yeah as this this does it does take place also like 20 years after the outbreak not mm. like um right at the outbreak so like overall uh, in terms of the plot of the story since it's about like how they deal post-apocalypse like the apocalypse itself is not really the emphasis mm. um, there's also the thing about the game and like the podcast of the show talks about this a bunch a bunch it's that in, in a game you know you're bound to the perspective of the playable characters mm-hmm. yeah uh, and so the ways you convey information are different than in the show where you can do these sorts of like you know cuts to the 60s mm-hmm. cuts to <laughs> jakarta that kind of thing would joel ever put it together that the outbreak was caused by a bunch of uh tainted weed hmm. uh, but that's one of the things um we got the bookends of like that talk show talking about uh what oh. if the earth did warm up and you know the how things Love work that. with the. Uh, the fungus mm-hmm. and yep, uh, we had our Stargate Atlantis uh, cameo in there. So mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, that was um, that was is that. And then there's the one small part that uh, I mentioned in a podcast or two ago that um, after taking down that one guard when he had the uh, PTSD flashback and beat the guy to death, he he took the assault rifle. But in the game, you can't take the assault rifle. <laughs> it's always important. Come on, man! The weapon's the right there. Just let me take it. It's always important to me. They're like, oh, it's too early in the game. You can't have it. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah. you, can't, you can't pick up weapon drops in the game, really? Not at that point. Uh, just that particular guy, probably. Um, uh-huh. Also, the the whole, the whole um, I forget the name of the characters, but the, the bit with Nick Offerman. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Nolan Frank. Frank, and Nolan Frank. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's like very barely a mention in the game. And it's like kind of a joke. Um, the, the bit where Bella, uh, where, uh, Ellie like finds the, the, um, <laughs> the, the porn mag and then jokes about the pages being stuck together. That's from the game. <laughs> that's but... verbatim from the game. That's one yeah. of those yeah, things yeah. that if you go to YouTube and watch the videos, they're really fun because they, that scene is recreated very, very closely to. And there are quite a few, quite a few scenes that were, um, since you played it, Jason, do you want to talk to us about, about that and how you feel about the show in general? Of course. Yeah, definitely. So I think just my like broad general reaction is that as someone who is is a fan of the game, this adaptation is is really exciting for me because um, there's there's elements of like seeing you know this thing that I experienced reinterpreted in this different you know you know medium, and it being like so closely run by uh, Neil Druckmann, one of the creators, it, it, it there's like these different just nuances to the characterizations of where like they you know dial certain things up, dial certain things back, and it all still totally works, but, but it feels fresh and new. And then the other side of it is that the story that I love that like all these people that are never going to play the game, they, it's just they're just not going to do it. Like mm-hmm. you know, like my dad, I get to like talk to my dad about The Last of Us now. That's so 
cool to me. Um, and then my girlfriend and I watched it, you know? And so this thing that I've literally talked to her about, she's just kind of noddling along like, oh yeah, this game. It's like, no, 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 now we can actually experience it together and talk about it. So I'm a big fan of, of, of what they did. Um, yeah. So the, I was actually, I'm actually really surprised by how faithful it is to the game. And that's acknowledging like some of these radical departures like the Bill and, and Frank story is is uh, th- there's like a core of the same idea that's there, but the way it it, it, it happens in terms of like plot and story is, is pretty mm-hmm. radically different. But um still I mean there's so many scenes that are just just shot for shot. Um uh, which is kind of incredible because in 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 the game, you know, they y- you can take a camera and you can put it anywhere and you can do do things that you can't do in real life. And um, there's some elements of of the show that feel a little less intense because they can't do that. But there's other things that are just like verbatim that is really enjoyable. And also, um, um, uh, Ellie's voice is so remarkably similar to the game that it actually like really kind of threw me off at, at first. I, I I was sort of not skeptical at first. I was just I just didn't see her in that role like matching like, you know, my vision of the game. Mm-hmm. And I was like very happy to be so incredibly wrong about that. Um so those are sort of my sort of my strongest reactions. Uh, awesome. Can I ask you briefly um, the the scene, the scene um, with Henry and Sam? How, how close is that to the game? So um, it's incredibly similar. There's there's a few differences in that, like Sam. Uh, as a character, is is a little different. He's a little younger. Um, he's. Uh, not deaf in the game. Um, and <laughs> there, there's these little knife twists that they do. Like, uh, so in the game, if I remember correctly, and it's been a while since I played, it's been a couple of years, uh, like they go to sleep and then Ellie wakes up and it, it happens kind of exactly how it happens. But, uh, the scene where she, where, where he tells her he's infected and she's like, Oh, like I can cure you. This is something I can do. That's not in the game. And so that happened in the show. I was like, oh, God, you're killing me. You're ripping my heart out. Um, oh, no. <laughs> but after that, it plays out almost I- exactly. And this is one of those moments. There's moments in the show for me where it, it, it's it, it's not that like one medium did it better. It's just that the version of the game or the version of the show just sort of resonates with me more. Mm-hmm. And Ellie's... Uh, um, Bella's like fear in that moment and like shock at what's happening. Uh, like when she looks at, at Joel after, after, you know, Sam's been killed, all that stuff, like it's shocking in the game, but it just hits harder when it's, in, it's Bella's performance. Yeah. In the game, uh, she doesn't try to cure him. Like, can I, can I hear really quickly how it went? So, like, because the beat seems so natural, like, that uh, she tries to cure the wait until the morning and then surprise. Like, how does the surprise work. happen? 
Yeah, I don't remember exactly. In my memory, uh, uh, it's either Sam keeps it secret, like that classic uh, sort of okay. trope of like, oh, it's just him, or or he tells her and they just sort of don't do anything. I think it's the first one, but okay. my memory's kind of shaky on that a little bit. Um, but yeah, but her like, oh, I can cure you, and like cutting herself like that's just not not in the game at all. Perfect. Perfect tragedy. Also, like the a child's misunderstanding of how how that sort of thing would work, where it's like, oh, well, something about me means that it doesn't work. So, just if if I just rub my blood on your blood, it it that'll solve it. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I love it, and, and I, I love this idea that like it's one of those changes that they make that really gets to like the core of, uh, y- you know, the ending and like why they're doing all of this and it just sort of reinforces that and i love changes there's a bunch of them in the mm-hmm. show that just sort of double down on the story that they're telling they're not changing yeah, for things sure. for any other reason than to just reinforce the story they're already telling you know mm-hmm. yeah um we'll talk about this later but um there there's a very strong theme of like uh love in the face of tragedy in this uh just in general so um I feel like even like the really small instances of like of showing showing love and like I I'll try to cure you. This seems ridiculous, but you know, like I can't not try. Mm-hmm. It normally um, works. In, it normally works in all science fiction cartoons and anime to do it like that. So I I was I was a little bit hopeful that they, <laughs> it might work, but I was like, nah, nah, that's not how this this world works. So, but I'm, I'm, I understand trying because. You know, yeah. normally in science fiction, it works. Yeah, yeah. It's like there, there's no way that suddenly Sam and Henry are going to be joining them for no, the, no, rest no. Of the adventure. Yeah. Like, Not we knew happening. that wasn't going to happen. Oh, there's um, one additional, sorry, uh, one additional please. change that. So in the game, they do a lot of like hard cuts, and then you've jumped time, you've moved on to something else. So you're in the when, middle of wilderness now. Yeah, exactly. So, like, when Henry uh, uh, shoots himself, that's a hard cut and the game's broken up into seasons. It's a hard cut, new season, new section moved on. So you don't have the, the burial scene afterwards where she leaves the, I'm sorry on the, on Sam's uh, grave, Oof. which that scene uh, oh, yeah. destroyed me all just destroyed me. Hmm. Oh, it's almost like, you know, Druckmann was keeping notes of, okay, how can I rip people's hearts out even harder than I did the first time around? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of that, um, I, I confess I've only seen the first couple of episodes of Chernobyl, but, um, that, that, that definitely has that rhythm of like that, that, that creator added to, um, last of us where he's just like, okay, it's going to be really, really stressful, stressful, stressful. And in a moment when you think you can relax, it's actually going to be the emotional blow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you think it's more amazing than uh Druckmann? I I heard a good uh, idea of that. Druckmann has been able to think about what he wrote for several years now and go, you know, get all like the feedback and stuff. So this is like his second time to be able to perfect, help perfect what he said before. So right. it's like a second chance at um, making your masterpiece even better. Everything, yeah, everything that I've heard about the things that were changed, added, whatever to the show, uh, were all value adds. Like, basically, almost everything was considered to be a value add. And frequently, that's not the case, you know? Like, you're going between two very different mediums. 
And so to actually just have all of these things simply enhance the story for this different medium is is really extraordinary. And I think that, yeah, obviously having Druckmann on board was an ace's move. I mean, that's what you got to do. You had the guy. He has the material, you know? Yeah. So, you, so use him. I fully agree. Um, well, since you're already uh, on this man, do you want to tell us how you felt about the season? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, like I was saying before, like it was like one of the first shows in a long time that I actually was really interested in uh, consistently tuning in and and watching it. And 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 yeah, I kind of going back to like a lot of the things that people were saying before. Is it like it was very very good at pulling at heartstrings, but it wasn't doing it in a way that I felt like I was being pandered to. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it, it didn't feel like at any point it was like really talking down to us and it was still doing a lot of like the zombie things, a lot of things like that y'all were talking about before, like, okay, you got to try the the blood rub and everything, but you know, it's not going to work because any zombie, uh, situation is a tragedy. Everything's just a tragedy waiting to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that the third episode with Bill and Frank, uh, was just, uh, just heart, heartbreak, devastating. That's how I would describe it. Devastating. And like, I'm, I was just like, I, I, I cry actually very easily um, watching things. Um, and so I was, I was watching it with uh, my girlfriend and I was, I was shaking like near the end. Like, this is way too much for me. Huh? I'll just hang on for the two hour cut, man. The two hour cut. I don't think they're going to release that. Uh- <laughs> Oh, originally, when they when they originally edited the, that episode down, it was two hours long, and Craig Mazin watched it, and he was crying so hard it physically hurt him. Nice. Oh my god, that sounds very cathartic. I would like to do that. I oh. hate love stories. I loved this love story. That oh, was yeah. so good. just beautiful. And I gotta say, um, it part of the the like pain of it was that like really they they went out, they chose when to go out, and they went out together, like. That's the best ending you're gonna get in this world. Yes, like it yes. hurts, but it's 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 the best you're gonna get. That, well, they were bo- both at peace. I love that so much. And they had like a long good life together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even in the ridiculous moments where he was just like, "Ah, oh, burning people outside of our gate." Yeah, <laughs> they did it together. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I was I, I fully bought into the death of uh, Bill. Got the beard. They both had beards um, at the end. Right. When they when there was an attack and one of them got shot and was on the table, I was like, "Oh, so this is how it ends." That's oh, yeah, both this. They, but they like, he survived. I was like, "Oh, okay, we're still going. We're still going. We're still right. going. We're still going." But um, I think you uh, cannot uh, kill Nick Offerman. It's impossible. <laughs> it is. He's 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 he made out of he's only just made. Nick Offerman can kill him. <laughs> 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 only Nick Offerman can kill. He's the only one strong enough. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, yeah, just really, really quick. And, and I mean, obviously this is the game itself is considered to be one of like the best narrative tales period, mm-hmm. um, out there, like outside of games and everything. But there was only, there were very few moments that despite the fact that they were so faithful to the game that felt like a video game, right? Uh, in a bad way, in a bad way. Oh, okay. I mean, I was like, you know. I would argue there are bits that I was like very clearly like, this is from the video game. I can tell where the like cutscene ends and where the like action begins. <laughs> right. Yeah, I yeah. was fooled. I There's like a part where like they're looking across that one. I guess I did see it. They're, they're looking, they're going to make that bridge cross from one building to X. And like, I found that that's like directly from the game. I, I, I was mm. very impressed with the flow. Yeah, and then like I, I, like I said, I played the first couple of hours. And so like the, the beginning scene 
in the in the car in the truck or whatever is like it's, it looks just like the game it's insane and they did it so well that unless you play the game you wouldn't think of it like that but um there's actually this is the scene that like uh jason and i um and and our girlfriends watched together which was on episode five when the bloater showed up um and I remember Rachel uh, <laughs> took uh, exception to that um, because it, like, it just felt very video gamey. Okay. Uh, when right, it showed which up. Which one's the bloater again? Uh, the big oversized the clicker. Tank. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, can you describe like the area for me? Like, was this? Uh, it's yeah. when they were. It's when they're on their outskirts of Kansas City when they were trying to escape with Sam and uh, Henry, and uh, the truck fell through the ground, and oh. all the infected yeah, came yeah. out of the ground, and that big oversized <laughs> clicker came out. That's the bloater. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see where she's coming from. That's where. That's fair. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like narratively, that's a beautiful moment because it's really about the the uh, like over assuredness of. Um, mm. Uh, what's her face? Uh, Teresa, no. Um, what was her name? Kathleen, yep. Kathleen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, her overshortness that she's just like, I have total control, I have won. And then like, no, you're in a zombie apocalypse, ma'am. The zombies win every time. Every time. And also just like her incredibly foolish decisions to constantly be going after Henry and Sam. She could have just let them go. She could have just let them go. I mean, classic... Uh oh shoot I forgot the word you know like that Greek word for when you have too much pride hubris classic hubris oh yeah mm-hmm. hubris comes before the fall something like mm-hmm. that or pride you know so mm-hmm. yeah that was a big old fall but yeah uh, yeah the, the blur thing something, like, something vengeance something something <laughs> <That's the line. laughs> but like but like, like I I listen like don't get me wrong like, I enjoyed it but still I can see it because like that was such the moment like uh oh here comes the big guy. <laughs> so, uh, I remember having a conversation right. with Matt where uh, we were talking about it and I was like yeah it's in the game and Matt was like oh is this one of those things where you like encounter it and it's a boss fight and then later it's just a regular enemy and I was like yeah Matt Matt gets it Matt knows what's up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right correct yeah. So, did you find it poetic that the bloater killed the Joel from the game? Oh, that's right. That was a uh, Tommy oh. from the game. The oh, Tommy, excuse me. Oh. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, because oh, Joel so cool. game was in episode eight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, he shows up. Um, the lady who voiced, um, what Ellie? the heck? I'm forget forgetting words. Um, yes, the lady who voiced Ellie's in there as Ellie's mother, but um, also I believe the lady who plays Marlene is the original Marlene. Uh, it was Joel. Dandridge, yeah. Uh, Joel is James in the uh, Silver Lake episode, episode eight. Okay. The guy who got yep. the meat cleaver to the neck from Ellie. Yes, yes, yeah. He, oh, the, the, yeah. Yep. Whoa, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah so it's yeah. really cool. They pulled in several of the voice actors. You love to see it. You love they to see did not it. Have Abby to do that. from Last of Us Two is even in the finale too. Oh, cool! Really? I didn't know that. Yes, she was one oh, of the she's... nurses. Cool. Oh, which she was. In well, the original done. game, the voice of one of the nurses, because she did some like little bit parts throughout oh, it. Fantastic! Yeah. Wow. So she reprised the role, I guess you could say. Yeah. You could. Well, you love to see that. Yeah. Uh, Why couldn't this have been you, Halo? Why couldn't this have been you, Halo? Well, okay. You just uh, had to bring up Bro Halo, didn't you? Just, just a little, just a little side jump. A reminder that uh, Halo is one of those unfortunate series that were developed by somebody who had a really I, an idea that they really loved and that no studio would buy, and then all the studios were like, unless 
you put on the name of an existing franchise on it. So, Wait, are you guessing there? Is that the real thing? No, that's the real thing. Oh, oh wow. God, that's terrible. That makes way more sense. And- yeah, so it wasn't Ooh. meant to be a Halo series at all, and it just kind of became a Halo series because <laughs> that, uh, none of the produ- all of the production companies right now are trying to do the Marvel thing, so they're all just looking for pre-existing IPs. Oh, Isaac, on, top of that, Halo, on top of that, they brought Spielberg in for Halo, and it still turned out the way it did, so go figure out. Isaac, it. in a previous oh. podcast, like he was hurt. Like I didn't know people oh. were that passionate about the story of Halo. Yeah, he, he was like, Halo story? I love Halo. Apparently, but like, Halo has a very in-depth uh, lore. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he man. was so mad. I was like, "Well, how else are you going to do Halo?" He's like, "No, you can't." And, and then, like, this is a, a perfect case of like, if you how to do it right, like having people who care and trusting the material. Like, yeah, you got to trust the material. Yep. But see, that's I, the thing: you have to be trying to work from the material to begin with. <laughs> right. Yeah. Is an evil story to tell? Is <laughs> an evil? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, MJ, you're up. How do you feel? Um, it gave me flashbacks to the early days of The Walking Dead because I used to be a big fan of The Walking Dead, and the series remind me of all the good episodes. And those, like I mentioned last time, we all talked, it had about seventy percent less zombies than any Walking Dead episode. So, hooray! Um, really enjoyed the chemistry between uh, Pascal and Ramsey. I thought they worked incredibly well together. I wasn't sure at first because. It seemed like Ramsey was still trying to figure out her character the first few episodes, but after that, they really got it together. And unlike you guys, episode three was one of my favorites, but I was also a big fan of uh, episode five with Sam and Henry, even though that was a heartrending ending in episode eight. Okay. I thought the uh, showdown between David and Ellie was just epic. Those... Unlike us, you liked episode three. <laughs> yeah, we... Wait. It seems like well, it seems like everybody agrees that episode three was like one of the best episodes of the entire season. So that's what I'm just saying. But hmm. yeah, that was the Bill and Frank episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Episode. yeah. yeah we all loved it. Yeah, yeah. we all loved exactly. it. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Please disagree. <laughs> you said unlike you guys, so it sounds like you, oh, we didn't unlike, like it. I'm sorry. You did. Oh, uh, okay. There you have sorry. it. Sorry, I don't know okay, how that like unstuck in there. So sorry. We all so agree that it's an amazing episode. Okay. <laughs> did I switch timelines? Words are hard. Uh, it has almost it has the, almost the lowest rating on IMDb. The only one with a lower rating is Left Behind, and I'm very confused. I, I blame pe- I, I I blame it on on people who are just like, no, go back to the fighting. I I think that's exactly what's going on. Yeah, I blame the Ben Shapiro's of the world for the lower ratings. But anyway, oh yeah, that. three has three has the lowest rating. Um, the second lowest. So a uh, three oh. has an eight and then left behind, which is the one that is, you know, the flashback to when she got bit in the mall, is seven point four. I'll, I'll say that um, the quote unquote legitimate reason why people might not like it is the same reason why people didn't like this one episode that I love in Battlestar Galactica. It's like because it's it's its own solidified off story from because like lately people when we watch this, these kind of movies, these kind of uh, TV shows. They want the next thing that happens, the next thing that happens to the next character that we're always just going one step forward for the characters that you're with. Mm-hmm. And people get mad at, like, you know, self-constained stories that I love. And, like, Bill and Frank, they do, we do, we take a complete break from, like, the continuing story. But I like taking, it's like, it wasn't even a break, though. But anyway, a lot sure. of people don't like um, self-contained. 
However, I do want to point out that um, episode one has like a uh, hundred thousand ratings, and then all of the episodes after that kind of have like less than that, between fifty thousand and uh, like eighty thousand, and then that one has two hundred thousand reviews. Holy hell! Twenty five percent of them are one star. Okay, so there's definitely a lot of like homophobic okay. hate yep. bombing. I think we, yeah, that's the, that's the gist of it. That's what happened. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Ah, those people. Fuck. That's what it feels like. Just well, to the 3% bombs, of I... people who don't like self-contained stories, I have words with you. <laughs> 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 you, you and I can have it out, outside, okay? Oh, uh, Keith, look Keith, me up Keith. on Twitter. Keith, what, I, what? I'm really proud of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. But, just, I like self-contained. Bet. But, you know, like, I don't want to say that absolutely everybody who right. didn't like that episode didn't like it for that reason. You, right. You're right. There's right. other reasons someone might not have loved it. I personally disagree. Mm. <laughs> Obviously. Um, it, it it really was my favorite. Um, I have been obsessed for a long time with, like, tr- tragedies where, like, people try really hard and it still ends in a tragedy. Like, I've always really wanted... For for you um, anime nerds out there, um, Bleach has this like backstory where like a thousand years ago, um, somebody tried to like, um, like take over, and then they got wiped out. Um, is it was that a fan fiction I wrote? Whatever. Um, I, I've always been kind of cool. in love with the idea of like a revolution attempting and trying their hardest, but then just like failing and getting wiped out, like. That's a really yes. interesting tragedy mm. to me. So yeah. um, this story was really cool. Where it was like, you know, they did their best. They made it really far. But in the end, like, they chose to go out together. And that's a victory, even in defeat. So. Yes. Mm. I'm, sorry, I'm just going to interject really. That is absolutely one of my favorite things um, yeah. when you're talking about, like, uh, any sort of, like, story being told. Is when somebody's fighting for something as hard as they can, but they know damn well that they're going to lose. And they just don't make it. Oh, thank yeah. you, Matt. Thank you, thank you. Oh, yeah, that's the kind of thing that will have me literally bawling. It can be like an anime fight between two mechas or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the best story of that I've ever seen happen was in One Piece, so I highly recommend checking that oh out. Oh, my like... God, I know. I gotta catch up. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> One Piece, jeez. Oh, oh, really? So another another anime that happened with, and this was just a relatively quick fight, but mm-hmm. it was in uh, One Punch Man when Moomin Rider was fighting the Sea King. Oh, yes. Uh, that oh was God, yeah. He mm-hmm. shows up, and he's just in, he just puts himself in front gonna... of, he's gonna die. Yeah, there's and... no other heroes there. What is he gonna do? Not do anything? Not gonna, <laughs> that's what most people would do. They'd run, but this dude with a bike is like, no, I'm gonna fight you. Oh, because, yeah, man. Oh, destroyed me. Anyway, so yes. Love it. <laughs> He's the real hero. Yeah, Moomin Rider. <laughs> um. Yeah, did you have any other thoughts, MJ? Uh, I'm just hoping that as they go forward through the rest of the series, they don't run into the same traps they did with The Walking Dead, because after a while, The Walking Dead just became misery porn. Yes. Oh, yeah, I think The Walking Dead has... Oh, no, I was going to say The Walking Dead has the issue where they're kind of making stuff up, but there were comics, so... And there was another series where they had the creator of the original source material heavily involved with the series, and it still turned into that, so... Mm -hmm. I'm hoping Druckman and Mason managed to avoid what uh, Kirkman ran into on uh, Walking Dead, because I loved The Walking Dead for their first five or six seasons, but then Negan showed up and everything went to shit. Oof. So, yeah. I, know of, I know a lot of people watched Walking Dead all the way through to the end of season 11, and I don't know how it went to the 11 seasons, but... 
I don't I don't see how this one I don't see how The Last of Us is going to go beyond uh, what they've already established for lore through Last of Us Two, and they've been talking that are going to potentially split up Last of Us Two into the next two seasons. So oh, wow. I mean, if they manage to carry through the series to th- the three seasons and they keep the quality that they had in the first season, I'm all good with it. Yeah, I think there's something to be said too for in the term of Negan, this uh, thing that happens sometimes with TV shows where like a fan, a character will show up, become a fan favorite, and then they'll kind of like rebuild the story around that character. But like the character itself is not that well written. It's just that people really like, you know, sometimes. Hi, Steve Urkel. Yeah. Yeah. The problem with Negan and the Walking Dead is it just turned into a snuff film, especially the first episode they had Negan show up and it's like, okay, he's just gonna have Negan beating everybody bloody. Okay, he's not exactly the same as the governor, because the governor was a thoroughly enthralling villain early on in The Walking Dead, and mm-hmm. Negan was not even close to the governor. I was just saying, a say, brute. Oh, I was going to say real quick, the, the benefit of having few episodes versus saying you have to fill up 20. Yeah, that yeah, as yeah. Well. Listen, yeah. Um, like, what, um, we do have some advantages in the way that uh, TV works now that, like, uh, for prestige TV, like um, the The Walking Dead, they can make every episode just as long as they want, and just as long as it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that has a big impact on the quality that we're able to get. Um, and especially with with you know The Last of Us Two, they'll have the opportunity to you know make that and then stop. Whereas some other TV shows are always trying to like go as long as they can. Eleven seasons? Why? <laughs> yeah. She's and was that all? How long? I thought it was 11. I wish uh, it was. Uh, plus one spinoff no. so far. Um, plus one spinoff so far. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, once again, if you're going to watch Supernatural, stop after season five. That's the intended original story. Correct. Mm. 15 seasons. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, MJ, same. I, I actually fell off Walking Dead around the same time. Uh, Negan showed up yeah. and I just lost interest. Same. For the I fall of Glenn, like one or two I, more seasons. Yeah. I tapped out. Yeah, the fall, the fall of Glenn. I was like, I really like that guy, and yep, I, I do not approve. Right? <laughs> That's from the comics, though, isn't it? That's where I stopped reading the comic too. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and then there I you was go. like, okay, I'm out. And then the TV show, okay, I'm out. Right. All right. Um, my feelings on the TV show before we move on to general chaos. Um. I loved it. I thought it was paced really well. Um, I appreciated it. And you, you said the video game was based in seasons. You can kind of see that with the way that like every episode will just like jump them to a new location. Um, I adored all of the extra scenes that did, they did that gave us a, a broader view on the world because not only did it give us more information about like how they got there or um, in the case of the, the Christopher Heyerdahl um, uh, scene, the the very, very first one in the first episode, that was just kind of like to set the uh, tension uh, rather than giving us information, but uh, like a subtle dig to um, <laughs> we're, we're going to get fucked over because of global warming in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciated how it, how it wasn't just, extra information about the world but also like that theme that i was talking about uh love in the face of adversity where like the the scientist who was an epidemiologist or no she was a she was a fungal specialist 
my, uh, mycologist. Is that the oh mycologist? Yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, mycology. You you were so right. Nice. Um, she was like, oh, we're all gonna die. This is horrible. You need to bomb everyone. I'm gonna go be with my family until the last moment. I'm abandoning absolutely everything else that's going on in my life because there will be nothing else. So I will spend my last moments with my family. Absolutely. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I am enamored with that scene. Um, I think everybody almost, almost everybody did an absolutely fabulous job uh, acting wise. I, uh, unfortunately was not sold on the actress that did left behind. Oh, uh, Storm Reed. Storm Reed, yeah. Clay I, Riley. Yeah. I, I didn't like her oh, acting. Yeah. Um, and that really took it away from me, too, because that's such a strong scene for Ellie. Like, that's her tragedy that causes her to be so, like, brittle and rude and untrusting of everyone um, when she first meets Joel. So that was a little disappointing for me. Plus, like, moments of it were very much just, like, they felt like the behavior that they were doing was staging for like a play rather than like natural behavior for a character. Like when they stood up on the, on the counter and started dancing, I was just like, what is this? And then the zombie came out of like the little like streamer door. I was like, this is silly. (laughs) The whole time I was watching him dance, I was waiting for the glass to break because they were dancing on top of a glass counter. That's my fate, man. That was very stressful. I'm like, those children are going to fall through the glass. Even if you guys, even if you guys feel pretty safe in this place, like putting on masks that severely limit your vision seems like a weird decision. But okay, you live in a world of active monsters. Please stop acting like you won't get attacked. I just, yeah, that bothered me a little bit. But they're living in the moment, man. They're being human. They're enjoying the moment. (laughs) Come on, yeah, yeah. Take their joy away, Keith. Schmaltzy. Um. I, I like how they went in early with a P- P.S. Ellie likes girls. Like there, there were a lot of moments where it was very clear that she was like already thinking of of um, Riley in a romantic way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, setting that up for season two. Um, yeah, I guess I read that the yeah. entire episode with Riley that was a DLC to the first game. It oh, is. Yeah, that's the DLC. Interesting. Left, okay. left behind. Yes. Yeah. That um, makes sense. Um, I'm glad that they didn't end up showing us um, Ellie having to take Riley out. I think that would have really fucked me up. I was surprised mm-hmm. they didn't. Um, me too. I kept yeah, I, back to it. I'm not that sure how much I wanted that moment. Yeah, yeah. That's the why. important bit. The important bit is that they choose to like go crazy together, right? Unfortunately, mm-hmm. one of them does not. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess I wanted to see how that turned out. Like how She's expecting to hurt both of them to fall, but only one of them does. So, like, not the exploitative. I just want to see her shirt in the head. I, but like, see them or her come to the realization that she didn't turn, but her girlfriend did. That yeah. I, okay. I kind of wanted to experience. Versus um, how they didn't show us the bodies of uh, Bill and Frank. Uh, applause. The, 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 the taste. The taste in that episode. Yeah. Thank you guys. So yeah. Much. Not showing we, that. Just going. You do not need to show that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Is that well, interesting. Just, and- they're just meat bags at that point. That doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Keith, um, 
Give, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jason. Sorry. No, 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 uh, just that that shot when they pull back through the window and don't mm-hmm. show you the bodies. It's it's a really nice yeah, moment because the loading screen for the or like the start menu screen for the first game. <gasps> oh is shit! No. The open window with oh, the curtains God. blowing and the vines. So that's sort of their like kind of homage to that loading screen that has the beautiful oh, like music playing on it. So that I really like hit really, really well as a, as a fan of the game. I, I was very like smiling, you know, like ear to ear, like, yeah, you got great Easter egg. You, you got me guys. Like <laughs> you hear that halo. That could have been you. Yeah, you have to play around. Watch out, Jason. I'm going to start getting sniffly again. Damn it. That was wow. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so I, I loved it. I loved all of the extra scenes. And um, I just got to give some points to Scott Shepard, who played David, uh, the cult leader, Ooh, uh, the cannibal cult leader, for holy shit, an amazing job. Like, Very great job. Oh, my great. God. Um, like, hit all of the beats of, like, at first he's going to he's gonna try to, like, control her, and then he's going to charm her by being like, oh, we're equals, which is just disgusting to do with the <laughs> by the way. Um, mm-hmm. Like, just, like, very on the surface like nice but then like you could feel the sliminess underneath and it just like built and built until you reach the end where he's just like murdering actually <laughs> and you're i like, love my oh, bad that guys doesn't seem bad. out of control that doesn't seem out of character for you jesus christ you're so slimy get away from me mm-hmm. and like the ellie had that total moment of like very strong violence and you're like yeah that feels deserved yep. but also it sets up like there's there's a lot of moral ambiguity going on here obviously i mean like that's one of the big themes um in this post-apocalyptic world like the love that you have for an individual ends up being more important than kind of like the quote-unquote moral base in some ways which is how you get to that end where the connection between ellie and joel is more important than hell the rest of the world Mm. so or joel um, calls all captain kirk on everybody yeah I would say Captain Kirk when he's doing some murdering. I think that's in it. No. The needs of the one. Man, the needs no. of the one. No. <laughs> Kirk's not a murderer. We, we can have the Star Trek conversation at another time. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> are we talking about the end where he's going? Are we saying Captain oh, yeah. Kirk at the end? Or, okay, I thought we were talking about the cannibal no, village. So, like, that, you know, that's not. No, and Joel goes one man Rambo to save one Ellie. Man. Yeah, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's more John Wick than Captain Kirk, but. There yeah. you go. Um, oh yeah, and I just, just I just want to point out this beautiful line that I thought was very funny because you know Tommy's like this guy who keeps joining different army groups and who kind of like in his youth had that like American army kind of uh, programming where uh, he's like so communist. And he's like no, 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 not communists. My God, not communists because he has the idea that like a lot of Americans have about communism. And then his mm-hmm. girlfriend's like, or fiance at that point, she's like. No, this is a this is a commune. We are literally communism at work. Actually, is and Tom's like. Oh. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> 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 yeah, that had oh, with the hyperventilating. That was good. Up. Whoa! Yeah. Um, Somewhere, Joe McCarthy's hyperventilating. Yeah, yeah. And I I hear that uh, originally when they reach that commune, it's much more um, Joel trying to get Ellie off his hands. Rather than like him really being concerned about, you know, accidentally getting her killed. And if that is truly a change and Jason can can tell us, then what a tremendous and beautiful change. Yeah, it is a little different. Uh, So uh, there's 
one major change is that like the uh, town of Jackson you don't see in the original game. Oh. Uh, uh, they the whole that whole section of the game is at the hydroelectric dam, um, and then uh, the the scene with Joel and Ellie when he's like, you know, you sure as hell are my daughter. That scene is in the game, and that is like verbatim i think there's like literally two line changes but everything else is the same um but a lot of the other stuff around that is is very fresh to to the show uh and and the motivation is a little different there it's a little um joel's entire uh personification in the show is uh, are in the game is a little i don't want to use the word harder um but it's a little harder. That's a good word for it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so the, the way that plays out is, 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 is a little different and his motivation is a little less, um, he's a little less open about it. You know, it's, it's still clearly like, Hey, you know, I'm not willing to open this wound for myself. So somebody else has to do this, you know, like someone else take this responsibility. Like I, I, there's too much at stake for me emotionally here. Um, but the like PTSD and and that that fear isn't as on the surface as it is in the show. Hmm. So, um, favorite bits. All right, you want to start us off? Yeah, go for it. Oh my god, favorite bits. Oh, I mean, if Matt's ready. Yeah, somebody yeah. Let, let me let me yeah. start us off with one. Um mm-hmm. so this is actually in the uh episode with the mall. Um when they get to the arcade. And you know earlier we'd seen Ellie with her Mortal Kombat 2 poster. Mm-hmm. And they start playing all the arcade games and then, and then they have Mortal Kombat 2. And I just remember being that age and playing games in the arcade and how much fun I had with them and how awesome they were. And then I was just putting myself in her shoes where she's never been able to play them before. All she, she just heard about them and knew it was awesome, but would probably never get the chance to play it. And then there it is. And she gets to play the game. And I was just sort of like, oh, this is so great. I was, just, I was living vicariously in that moment. Um, but something funny, like because I, 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 my uh, news feed is so nerdy, one of the articles that popped up was the button hits for the first fatality, I think <laughs> the one that Melina did, were incorrect. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, literally I'm done with the show. You It's <laughs> just unrealistic now. Right, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm like, like took right, Keith. I'm taken out of it. I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> it took me out of the story. That's it. I'm done. I'm out." But, <laughs> but I read I that. Focus? I, I read that. And I'm like, "Are you freaking serious? Like, come on, y'all. <laughs> give it a it give it a rest." And because I think that, like, for and now somebody maybe will end up correcting me. It should be great. But I think it's like with with that fatality, you just have to like hold the one button and like then do a controller move or something like that for a couple of <laughs> seconds. But the problem with that. Right. Mm-hmm. So what they actually did is they had, they did like five button presses, but the problem with like only holding one button is that's not, it's not satisfying because all you did was you heard it. And so if they just hit that one button and then the fatality happened, it, it, it would sound really crappy. Not and as so, cinematic. Well, not as cinematic. So they changed it. So it would sound better. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, some nerds took exception <laughs> to that. That was but, a Boston mod, man. I bet no podcast <laughs> ever has brought this part up, and and we are the only one doing this. So 
Thank you, Matt. This is yeah, awesome. Yeah. You're welcome. Is, why, yeah. why do I feel ashamed? <laughs> no, no way. I don't know. Why do you feel ashamed? I am looking at you with my side eye, Matt. I am looking at you with my side eye. of Mortal Kombat depiction in The Last of Us. Checkbox checked. Done. But apparently the, the second fatality they did was correct. They did it oh. correctly. Oh, yep. wow. Someone was on point, then. Someone was on point. Uh, not with this. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so that, that was my first one, but somebody else, please. Yes. I can go. All right, Keith, what do you got? Um, the sets. I love the sets. Like, um, and like, to me, like, I was, I was just taking like how much time and money went into sets that looked like they spent like maybe, maybe a minute of screen time in. Um, my most, my favorite one was like, there was like, uh, they're going through what looked like a, a former, mall maybe and there's a giant pool they had to wade through and oh, it seemed like there's, yeah. yeah the hotel uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. to make that pool it looked like a lot of time and work went into that and they weren't in that for like any time they just passed on through it and it's just like that much time and work being put into every like beat so that we mm-hmm. can feel like it's a real world uh got so much respect for me like some of the times when they're like just walking past uh like uh, broken down cars and whatnot. Well, well, the background is likely green screened beautifully. So in a way that I couldn't tell easily, just like how many TVs they desiccated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and then like, it's like three seconds later, they're gone. Like, wow. Like the work they put into the, the solid world building of like the sets was just fantastic. Yeah. Um, there's a real beauty in decay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Uh, it's why like so many people are into like urban exploration and are going into abandoned places and like, doing photography and everything like that. And uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, Keith. Like the the work that they did on the backdrops and in the scenes and everything was was exceptional, and it really kind of showed that beauty. A lot of the things they yeah it was falling apart, but it was still beautiful. Uh, I feel that I must include in this the scene where um, they they're making their way up a building that's in construction and ellie's like oh my god joel you gotta see this he's like oh crap panics <laughs> and it's giraffes giraffes the giraffe yeah the apparently those are real giraffes now see yeah. yeah really yep they went to I some did, zoo right it, yep. i'm sure there's some at the la zoo yeah, Actually, yeah. They might, awesome. you might not even have to go to a zoo because you know there's built- there's uh exotic animal trainers specifically for movies and tv so. they built right. a uh a, like blue screen uh sort of background in the giraffe enclosure at whatever zoo that is there, so yeah. that they could paint out everything but the giraffe and then put it in the background yeah i was wondering how they did that i was cool. like okay so did did they cart them all the way in is there a truck involved is that cgi but yeah well done e- like i think easier to move the actors to the draft than the draft to the actors yep, yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> listen to this i just looked this up yes the giraffe in HBO's Last of Us finale was real. His name is Nabo, and he lives in Calgary. Calgary. Uh, Calgary. Yep. Yeah. Oh, some right. people- they, they filmed on set. What am I talking about? I mean, on, uh, on location. Yeah. As a, <laughs> as a game player, I, I love the, the beat just before the giraffe where, with the ladder because you spend, you know, 60% of the game moving ladders around and they mm-hmm. didn't do any of it in the show, but they kept that one. So I was like, okay, great. Like there's one little illusion where, where she just drops the ladder on it was, was great. For oh me. my God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's such a video game thing where you have like yeah. the, uh, the, uh, accompanying character, like climb in through a window higher up and then drop the ladder on you. That's exactly it. Yeah. Oh my God. 
Um, Jason, have you thought of one night? You know, uh, the the uh, I'll, I'll give two things. One, uh, just the music. Um, mm-hmm. it, yes. The, uh, it, it's the same guy uh, that did the game, and and the just that sound and that aesthetic is so in my head that like just hearing it takes me like emotionally to to that place, and so having it throughout the show just really. Uh, makes me so so happy so that's one and then on a completely different note um i'll just talk about uh ellie finding tampons and then being given a a diva cup uh not in the game but lovely little additions that yeah yeah for real like a lesser show just i I don't know it just never occurred would not even brought it up exactly yeah Mm -hmm. uh and then just seeing ellie like discovering uh, the Diva Cup, Bella Ramsey. Like, it was just very, very funny. So I, I enjoyed mm-hmm. that scene. Heck yeah. And very thoughtful uh, to, to give that to a child who's traveling around a lot because, like, those those tampons ain't going to stay clean. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that commune, they, they really got it figured out. They're really <laughs> living. They really do, yeah. Um, David David's uh, group only wishes. Okay, still there? Mm-hmm. Yep, can you hear Oh, they're suddenly dropped off. All right, MJ, you're up. What's your favorite part? Oh, favorite moments from the season? Uh, the first one was uh, the ending of the first episode where they were playing Depeche Mode's Never Let Me Down Again. <laughs> As I panned out to the uh, stormy cityscape of Boston, I was like, that is so badass. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, other favorite moment um, when Bill and Frank grew the strawberries and Bill was biting yes. the, the strawberry for the first time in 20 years I thought oh, that was cute God. that little giggle that Nick Offerman let out I'm like damn dude mm-hmm. yeah. that's just too cute Ron Best Swanson's loves- making me think he's cute what the yeah. hell's going on <laughs> Nick Offerman giggles are, treasure, are, are treasures for sure <laughs> no, I still find it funny that so many people were amazed by Nick Offerman's dramatic range. I'm like, have none of you ever seen Alex Garland's Doves? Come on. It's a great show. Yeah, you, you might like that one. Yeah, Doves uh, was Doves was un, unexpectedly amazing. But um That was very good. Uh let's see, another favorite moment. Um, <laughs> um David versus Ellie when he had her locked up and he's you know slowly pulling the cult leader thing and putting his hand on the cage like I'm trying to earn your trust and then she grabs his hand breaks his fingers like <laughs> grab the fucking yeah. keys like yes she had a one liner about yeah. a broken finger that I can't remember yeah. that was a good one liner uh, uh, my Ellie. name is Ellie tell them Ellie's the, the one girl just that broke your, your freaking finger, finger. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not enough good one liners in my world <laughs> well the other one was uh, when they got to Jackson and um, they had Rotina Wesley as um Tommy's uh, wife there. It's so great to see her back on TV because I thought her character just got the drug through the crap on True Blood and it's oh, always yes. great to see that actress come back because that was the main reason I stopped watching True Blood is they kept abusing her character constantly and just True Blood abused crazy. itself by the end. That was Everything went wrong in that show by Les so, including uh-huh. her. That was Not seen a single crap. episode of True Blood. Oh. <laughs> it's, it gets bad. It gets really bad. It's just it's vampire porn. That's really all it is. It's just vampire mm-hmm. porn. I mean, but. yeah. <laughs> I'm aware of that. That's why I didn't watch any of it. <laughs> yeah, they had it right in the first season for the most part. Then they just like kept going and like, oh, anyway, yeah. Okay. Like when I saw yeah. her, I, I winced. I, I, I had like flashbacks of like, uh, mm-hmm. 
That show. And then my yeah. other favorite moment was uh, when Joel admitted how he got the scar on the side of his head and how they just kind of had the heart to heart and admitted what they had truly meant to each other. Like, yeah, that's mm-hmm. well done. The slow development from absolutely no trust in each other. Like, you are cargo and you're an asshole to, like, um, we will not separate ever and we will kill anybody in our way is Becoming a slow team. and beautiful. Becoming a team was really beautiful. Yeah. They really did it. At the end of episode eight, when uh, Joel calls Ellie baby girl, I like, I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like an, another moment, like, oh, like, like, okay, here's a cry. I got a cry coming on. <laughs> the, the look, so Bella throughout this, the, the series has these moments where she doesn't have lines. She just has these like reaction shots. Yeah. And her face, it, it happens time and time again. And that, that's one of the moments. The other is in the scene where Joel talks about, you know, uh, how he got his, his scar. Uh, and then after, you know, Henry and Sam, the, just her face, it kills me every time. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. She goes to this place and I'm like, oh my God. She's really yeah. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell stories with her face. She's a really good actress. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Or, yep. Actor. I mean, yeah. So are you going to give her another chance in Game of Thrones, Keith? No. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sorry, I had to ask one more time. All right, leave that one, like this. Leave that one behind. Game of Thrones again. Just <laughs> never watch Game of Thrones again. Don't nobody blame her. Do blame the show. Yeah. Uh, nobody needs to do that to themselves. That's just, it's fine. Don't, just don't do it. Um, yeah. I think Bo's a tremendous actor. She's going to go on to do great things. Um. Hmm. I don't know if I actually have a favorite bit. There's just like so many really good bits. Um. I really like the thematic work. I've talked about it several times already because I'm slightly obsessed. It's fine. Um. The man. Uh, there's that. I think we might be like uh, one of the things I was worried about this podcast with was mm-hmm. um that problem we've run into like when we first doing Star Trek movies. Where if it's a bad Star Trek movie, we can go for hours and there's just so much to talk about. And there's like, fuck this part. Fuck this. I can't believe they did this. And they got this wrong. And then I you go into the history. I other stuff to talk about. I just like, I, I don't want to pick a favorite. If it then like, if it's good, like, cause like, yeah, well going into this, like my, I don't have a lot of notes and like, if it's something good, like, oh man, that was so good. Yeah. That part was also so good too. Yeah. That was good. I love that part. That's <laughs> oh fair, that's yeah. Fair. Oh, complaining about things is Awesome. So much easier. Fun. So much easier. <laughs> so much fun. So much more fun. Yeah. So much more fun. I mean, listen, I'm going to go see a uh, a musical tomorrow uh with with some friends and and I am um hoping that it's bad. <laughs> so you yeah, can go up to drinks afterwards and complain about it. Exactly. I do I want to do I do I I want to do a future podcast where like I know the movie's bad. Uh Dragon Blade is going to be unexpected to hit people when they see it. But like, yeah, like I, I do. I'm gonna. I'm trying to maybe like do at least a couple of. We know it's bad mm-hmm. and have some fun. But yeah. Uh, all right, all right. Like, What's oh. the musical you're going to see? Uh it's uh, Bad Cinderella. Yeah, I think oh, it's called Bad. Ooh. Yeah, Bad. It's called, okay. it's called Bad Cinderella. Yeah, I'm seeing it with my <laughs> <luck> with with, <laughs> with, uh, with Catherine and our friend Ryan. Um, Catherine, my fiance, uh, and and our buddy Ryan, who's got t- get, getting tickets because he uh-huh. works for. Uh, um, Stella Adler, but um, oh damn! Oh, yeah, yeah. Congrats on your recent engagement, there, buddy. Oh, thank oh, yeah, you, man. Hold yeah. on. Congrats. 
Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, suppose it says Bad Cinderella Review. The title the warned title. us. Raves the New York Times. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's, uh, back I hope it's horrible. Us. Back to Last of Us. Sorry. I keep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got no, no. I, I did that. Lot. I did that. Um, so uh, a little bit that I thought was really funny in Last of Us that I, I just really adored um, was the, the Native American couple. Oh, they were great. Uh, oh, I want to point out uh, if if I if I notice my details correctly, those rabbits were not real rabbits. They were, in fact, um, you know, like uh, a fake brace. Um, cool. Did not use any live animals for that. I appreciate okay. that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I really liked how they were like, yeah, it's basically no different for us. We always lived away from other people, and now we just still live away from other people. Like. It's the same. There's this one area where we don't go near because they keep killing people for some reason. But yeah, you know what? Pretty much the same for us. They're just like very casually like teasing them while like one of them has a gun held to her head. That was. I really liked it. <laughs> yeah, they were they were they were a lot of fun. I like them, too. And just like, yeah, just completely just uh, not yeah, totally chill, not put off at all by by these folks. Like, all right. I mean, you do what you're going to do. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agreed. They were great. It's not going to change whether I live or die if I freak out. So you know, like I'm just gonna, I'm comfortable in my rocking chair. You know, y'all, y'all can just chill out. Do you want some food? <laughs> <laughs> so are we at the point where we can talk about why MJ hated the ending of this show? Yeah, let's do it. What's up, MJ? I already mentioned I didn't hate it. Just things about it bugged me, man. Yeah, yeah, but we want to. We <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it'd be very interesting to find out, like, what it was like not knowing it's going to happen, and then like, how does it make one actually feel if you don't know this is going to happen to you? Right. Yeah, uh, what, the what ultimate, the ultimate sense. ending of the episode, I could kind of understand because I mean they've been t- spending the entirety of the series building up that you know Joel do whatever he can to save his second daughter because he doesn't want to go through what happened with him and Sarah again. He was going to be damned if he was going to have another. If anything was going to happen to Ellie, he couldn't right. take that loss again, especially after you know the ice melting for the entirety of the series up to that point. Mm-hmm. Right. My problem with the episode was the autonomy that the Fireflies granted Ellie for them capturing her and Joel, and then her Ellie being conscious when they did take him back to the base, and then them operating on her. It, it seems kind of murky about whether or not they'd actually asked her permission if she'd given her permission if she had actually wanted them to essentially kill her so they could harvest the cure out of her and they didn't you know they didn't know for sure if it was going to be able to get the cure from her Mm -hmm. when it comes to the like when it comes to big sci-fi uh questions like that i saw and it comes to uh all of humanity is wiped out or be the bad guy uh i go for be the bad guy like if it's like, like it, it's wrong, uh, but like if you could save all of humanity and save a child, like the choice, like I, yeah, I wouldn't say or say anything either. Like right. I, and, I really love the car crash of wrong choices at the end because oh. you know humanity's at the brink and like you have to make the bad hard choices. Like I loved it, mm-hmm. right? Like, and Marlene, what, what I missed the first time around was Marlene saying. Yeah, we didn't tell her that that's what we have to do. So oh. I was trying to figure yeah. out how they got her to go under willingly, or did they hold her down and put her out? 
I didn't even think mm-hmm. of it. When she woke that. up in the truck when Joel's driving away with her, she's like, drugs? What drugs? Yeah. So. So she I didn't believe. know she'd been drugged. She didn't have any autonomy in the decision about whether or not they could kill her, mm-hmm. essentially, mm-hmm. even though she was fully committed to following through on the entire mission, because that's why they've been suffering all this way, so they could try to get whatever was in her to create whatever they needed to create a vaccine. Yeah. Which so, she was wholly on board with. The scene with Sam shows us that she thinks that whatever the cure is, is in her blood. Right. So she spent all this time going cross-country to go to the Firefly Hospital because she thinks that they're going to have to do, like, a big mega blood draw, and then they're going to do, you know, do science on her mm-hmm. blood and figure out, like, if it's her white blood cells or whatever. So they do tell her that they need her as a test subject. Yeah, she but knew that. But don't tell her it's in her brain. So, mm-hmm. like, they inject her with the needle, and then it turns out to be anesthetic, and they put her out. Um, right. And then they, you know, go to do the thing and Joel shows up. So she does think it's willing because she doesn't know what the procedure actually is. Right. Yeah. So exactly. I'm yeah, exactly what um, what MJ was saying there then. Right. They're like, yeah, zero autonomy. And the thing is, is like seeing seeing her the rest of the series, if they had given her the choice. She probably would have said yes. You know, if they just sat her and Joel down and said, this is where we're at and this is what we think we want to do. That's like the least they could have done. Their actual choice was insane. I don't agree. Like, you're you're giving like, if it's a 50, if they're they're thinking about saving all humanity so that there's a future of children that can laugh and have joy again. Like, do you want to take the chance that she'll say no? no. Yeah, Yeah, I think from their perspective, it's like, we, we can't Accept a no. Can't right. accept a no. That's yeah, well, fair. Neither um, the Fireflies or Joel can risk, you know, to, to in their point of view, they can't risk actually asking Ellie what she wants. The Fireflies can't risk her saying no, and Joel can't risk her saying yes. Mm, and there's right. any yeah. version of kindness, like, it's like uh, that when first kid shows up and, like, he's bitten and he's going to die, they don't tell him, just so you know, you're going to die anyway. Just, like, don't let the kid know, and Go for yeah, in the true. darkness yeah. that you have to do. So, yeah. Um, right. That is a great point, Keith. I'm, gr- I'm glad mm-hmm. you brought, it, brought that up. Um, but, but also, um, with the Firefly needs her to say no and Joel needs her to say yes, or vice versa. Um, there's definitely that interesting point where he straight up lies to her about it because <sighs> he thinks she might have said, okay, do it. Yep. And he can't deal with that possibly having been an option um i subjectively obviously want to side with joel and ellie but objectively like i think the fireflies were doing you know like what could be considered morally reprehensible but really like in the end is probably the best choice yep yeah so Um, that's very interesting looking into the the next season unforgettable storytelling neil Druckmann, like doing that kind of ending Having, like, I don't know any, like, uh, zombie apocalypse that gave us that kind of, like, a dark uh, outcome. Mm-hmm. That was fantastic. I really liked that tragic um, lying and, and no good option uh, ending. Um, that was fantastic. That was right. but, yeah, kind of leading up to that point, I mean, the other thing that's kind of leading into the second season is um, the whole fabricated story that Joel concocted to try to explain it to Ellie and 
trying to make it, you know, trying to cover every logical point <laughs> that she could argue it. That was a shit story he came up with. Yeah, there yeah. Are others that like you, yeah, and they decided they didn't. Need, they couldn't. Yeah, they couldn't yeah you see it in trying her to get face anything too. out of you. Well, she's like, the robots like, attacked, and uh, she's like, that, I can't call you on man. this. You I can't call you on this because if you admit you're lying, we're in big trouble. But like, I don't think it's true. There's no way. Yeah, I mean, right. it's, it's almost like Joel wanted her to out him for lying. That he just said, "No, the hell with what the fireflies are going to do with you. I saved you because I need to keep you." If you'd been thinking, he just said the Raiders had hit the hospital, period, and wouldn't have thrown any of the other crap. Right. That's too much to keep track of, you know? And you gotta you keep know, your eyes simple. I, uh, if I was I, Ellie, I'd be like, do you think I'm stupid? You think yeah, I won't <laughs> see through this? That's a shit story, Joel. <laughs> well, I think she's deliberately choosing not to see through it because she knows that she can't stand what will happen if she does. Right. You know? but mm. That's what I love about the ambiguity of 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 that ending, especially yeah. like uh, you know, at the time in the game, because you know that that is exactly how it ends. You know, it's like she says, "Okay, cut to black, and we're done." Cool. And at the time, we didn't know that there was anything else. There was no sequel. Like there wasn't a sequel for years. So that was the ending. Um, I'm dying to ask a spoiler question. Yeah, go ahead. Does she ever get to find out? Does she get to find out to make a choice ever in part two? I can't answer that for you. Like, okay. like I can't answer that for you. Obviously, right? Like, I know what happens, but I just don't want to because yeah, we support you know, that. Yeah, nice. you know, yeah, I know. Me. Like for the people listening who don't want to know, I'll ask later. But then I'm dying to find out. Like, she's smart. She's going to figure this out at some point in time. So, what does she do? Like, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to finding out what what her decision is when she does uh-huh. find out. Right. Um, uh, yeah, I, 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 I will spoil things for you privately. Let, sounds let's, good. Let's say yeah. That. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Um, I didn't play it, but like with Last of Us Part 1, I know like some bits about it. Um, I know some bits, some people really didn't like it because they, they grew so attached to the characters from the first one that um, they were incapable or unwilling to see how Joel's moral uh, behavior was maybe not, you know, good and nice. Um, <laughs> but as a continuing theme, like just the fact that in these situations, there's no morally good choice and um, you're doing some messed up stuff, maybe for the good, uh, but like mm. all choices are kind of not good. Actually, not, none of the choices are good is like very much a continuing thing. So I, 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 heard, uh, I heard a good feedback about like how in part two, I think we're not going to give it away, but like it was like the pacing and framing of how they did it. That really threw a lot of people off. So that if you shifted some things around, maybe you could have pulled it off. Because, like, um, to me, like, uh, there's a point of no return for heroes. If you go too far, that is the end of your story. And like, if you get killed, you know, in the next would, story, that you get, it's you you made that happen to yourself. And, would you say that um, murdering everyone in that hospital in the the season finale is yes. going too far? Joel has punched his ticket. That you're out, pal. Like. I, I I fully get why he did it. Um, I was rooting for him because I, I love his character. Um, I understand his heart, but you have chosen the bad ending, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> and, there was some beautiful horror watching that last that last episode. Where you're like, I absolutely understand why mm-hmm. you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, um, you, like the the relationship between you and Ellie is so strong, but also like, my God, you know you're in the wrong right now. You know you're in the oh my God, slow down. So no, oh oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> you're out of there, and, pal. You're out. 
I personally yeah. find that the most tragic character in this is actually Marlene because she was doing some stuff that she did not want to do, mm-hmm. like very much like breaking her own promises to make sure that things turned out okay for the world. And then, you know, the thing she, that happened to her happened. She yeah. got, she was as hurt as, as, uh, as Joel was, uh, but stronger yeah. enough to be able to do what needed to be done. Mm-hmm. And, and Joel still was she went down. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Marlene's like a, a a wartime leader for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I just I think that the you know narratively right, so we can have all this gray uh, gray area um, that we're dealing with right now, uh, you know, morally and whatnot. I think that like they made narratively all the right choices, mm-hmm. right? So oh, we can have these choices so it's dramatic so we can and and like joel is kind of like oh you know of course he had to save ellie but you know oh my god all that killing you know um but that said like the uh fireflies like their logic unless you just accept it was real screwed up you know like i think it's straightforward and made sense well, the, 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 it's just accepting that this thing is going to work. They actually didn't know that it was they going to work. The confidence that they uh, were going to be successful. But there is so much death in this post-apocalyptic world that is killing one 17-year-old worth it for the possibility is that it might work. Worth it, right. Yeah. right. That's but, why Marlene was using that line of logic on Joel. You know, she's just going to get old and potentially leave you behind anyway as kids get older. Can you really you take that chance? You can't keep her safe forever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but also, like, she is the one person who is immune to this thing, and they're going straight to brain surgery. Right? Assuming that that is indeed where the cordyceps are in the brain or whatever like that. Like, mm-hmm. that maybe there are other ways. Maybe exactly. they can, like, do other tests on her, keep her there for a while, and then a little ways down the road. Well, <laughs> say, you know, it turns out you need... Can you guys brain wait surgery. a you week? Wait? <laughs> this I is think for a year. That particular bit of we, we know it's in the brain and we have to do brain surgery is kind of like one of the conceits that the, the, the TV show right. had to do. Mm-hmm. For right. it to be like, she Locked will die if we do the thing. Exactly, and I, I agree with that completely. That like they had to, they, they had to do, do that, so it's dramatic and it's fun to watch. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. But like logically speaking, they do that, and is it going to work? Is it not going to work? Oh, now your one immune person is dead. Let's say it does work. How are they going to distribute this thing? You know, they're a relatively mm-hmm. small group of people. How are they going to produce it? You know, like. It just mm-hmm. there's a there's a lot of questions. Is all I'm saying. Um, and so, sorry, now that you've put the idea in my head, I'm just thinking about how much it would have ruined the the like um, momentum for them to just be sitting in the hospital. And it's like, okay, now we're gonna do blood tests. Okay, yep. that didn't work. So now we're gonna do tissue tests. Okay, yep. that didn't work. So and, and like they're just there for months. And they're like, okay, at this point, we have to do brain surgery. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It it, you want to know? You want to know why they did it that way? Because it's narratively compelling. Yes, yeah. that, it, exactly. that's the kind of thing that, like, if you put the push at the edges, right? Like, it maybe doesn't hold up, but you don't want but, it the other way. Like, story, yeah. story, <laughs> is story is a version of the story. Yeah, a story Dr. is a house would have been a lot quicker if they just got Doctor House. Lupus. <laughs> Everything was lupus. lupus. <laughs> a story is a constructed song, and you have to like close those thematic loops. And you only have a certain mm, amount of time perfect. to do it. Yeah, exactly right. That's perfect. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Speaking of of uh, interesting loops and Marlene, um, I really like the the scene with uh with Anna. Which is just like, I swear to God, 
I swear to God, I cut the cord before I got bent. I swear, I swear, I swear. And Marlene's like, I don't uh-huh. believe you. And then, then 17 years later, when um, she finds Ellie and Ellie is like, I mean, she's like, I knew you were lying. I knew you were lying. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, so yeah, maybe I don't they just need to find another pregnant woman, have her be bit just before she gives birth, and then they can recreate Ellie. Hmm. I was thinking that, actually. Yeah, actually. yeah except critical. that Marley's yeah. dead, so she can't tell anybody yeah, that nobody else happened. Knows. <laughs> nobody wants to do. Oh, no. That, so that that's does make a, a question. After Ellie and Joel get to the hospital in Salt Lake City, does Marlene admit to Ellie that she was with her mom when she was born? I wonder if I wonder if Marlene ever told Ellie who Marlene actually who she actually was. Is that in the? That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? In the first episode, I, I can't remember. Um, she, she talk about knowing she her mom. She does tell Ellie that she's the one who put Ellie in the military school when she mm-hmm. was a baby, but I don't remember if she mentions her mom. I don't think Not she does. Ellie. Does she tell Ellie that her mom was her original voice actress? Because that would be. <laughs> Like wow, like, that would have been very good information for Ellie. <laughs> how is she? Metal like, mind blown. How would she even take that? It would have been really funny if they'd slipped in a line that's just like you sound. So, you, you oh my sound god, just like, like your, your mom. mother. Yeah, just <laughs> like your mother. Every, everybody on screen looks at the camera for a second and goes back to the <laughs> wah wah wah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. She has such a distinctive voice, like in the very first moments of that episode, like hearing just her like vocalizing. It's like I felt like I was playing the game again. I was like, oh my yeah, god, what's happening? Nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Um one of my friends who's just who who really loves Last of Us, um, we were watching Vox Machina, which um Ashley Johnson is also in because she's part of Critical Role. Um oh, nice. for everybody who doesn't know, Critical Role is um a group that does um, a Dungeons and Dragons kind of live show. And it's made up entirely of uh, professional voice actors who you're not, you know, like our friends because they're in the same kind of job and stuff. Um, and um, Ashley plays a, a, a gnome paladin. No, a gnome uh, cleric, cleric, cleric. He's a cleric but, um, yeah. uh, he started watching and he's like, I can't. Because whenever I look at her, I just think of Ellie. Whenever I hear her talk, I'm just like, that's Ellie. What is happening in here? That's funny. <laughs> so, you know, she does have a very, a very distinct voice. Um, yeah, I'm glad, she, I'm glad she was in it, though. Most of Critical Role, or a lot of Critical Role, is in The Last of Us in the game. Um, in in oh. parts here or there, yeah, really yeah, that doesn't shock mm-hmm. me. They're they're all yeah. they're all like up all there, the you know, it's all the um, same group. But yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what you have with voice actors a lot of the time. Like, uh, like you know, it's a relative, relatively small group, and they're getting a lot of the roles. It sure is. It's it, it's hard to break into. Hard to break into someday. So another thing that kind of struck me when I was rewatching the series this past week. Um, Joel talking about how the cordyceps, the mutated cordyceps, had spread through um, contaminated wheat. Mm-hmm. Do you have right. to wonder after outbreak day if they figure out a way to screen cordyceps out of the remaining wheat supply so that it didn't spread continually that way? Or if there was still contaminated wheat with the cordyceps out there and people are so desperate for food that they're eating contaminated food and they had no idea and that was further... Huh. Um, 
infecting the population. Yep. I was that wondering is, about that too. That's a very cool thought. Because they um, figured out how to test for it. You know, you have to assume that maybe they, they figured out how to test the wheat as well. You know, that's I what know. I assume. Yeah, mm, but yeah. they sure. never actually addressed but it in the show. So it was kind of like, did hmm. that um, Mind you, the, the uh, place that was processing the infected wheat also got bombed. So, also, um, all wheat is local after two weeks. You know, there, there are no more yep, supply yep, lines. So, yep. Oh, that's yeah. fair. All wheat is local. <laughs> So I also did appreciate the fact that they mentioned how gasoline breaks down over time. So, you know, when Joel and Ellie are driving away from uh, Bill and Frank's and they're constantly stopping every hour to get new gas because the gasoline's such low octane now, like it's like water. I did appreciate that yeah. detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some really good world building. Just they really thought it through. Um, so. Anything that y'all didn't super enjoy about it or that you think could have been done better? Like, um, my, my one complaint really was, um, I'm sorry, Stormy, it was Storm Reed. I just didn't, didn't like that. People that love her smile. Yeah. Yeah. She has a great smile, but, yeah. um, that's not what I was looking for in the scene, you know? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you there, actually. Um, I noticed that as well and it took me out of it. Um, that particular performance, which made me mm-hmm. sad, but, um, yeah. you know, uh, but gosh, other than that, it's actually difficult for me to think of things yeah. that I didn't like. Uh, I think the last episode, um, felt short and I wanted more, which is never a bad thing. The season. Yeah, there it did you go. feel a little abrupt as well. It was like, okay, and now, now's the bit you've all been waiting for. Right. And it's over. Bye. You know, um, but I think a part of the reason, yeah, so it was actually shorter, but then also, also I feel- very video game. <laughs> yes. Yep. And it was like one of the, yeah, it was also one of the first times it really, it felt like, okay, this feels like a video game where you've got the one, one character going through and killing a completely unreasonable number of other people. Oh yeah. Uh, the, the hilarious moments were like, uh, he would approach a door and they would start shooting through the door before he popped out. Like mm-hmm. you guys <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I'm impressed how hard I'm trying to think of something I didn't like in that show. Like, I'm, like, thinking hard, like, uh, maybe I didn't like some of the outfits they were wearing. No, I actually didn't <laughs> like all of their outfits and jackets and, and vests and, and holsters and great weapon design and choices and acting and, uh. Yeah. What about that okay. one actor? Well, what was it out there for, for, was it Matt's fiance that was just like, this is too video game? Oh, oh the bloater girlfriend about the bloater. Yeah. Yeah. But that was really the only moment for her that was like that. It was just the bloater. Um, yeah. Uh, that, that was the only time she had that, that particular complaint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, and I don't think I, I didn't hear Catherine complain. I can go ask her uh, <laughs> if we need something. Catherine. Catherine, hey, we need some help. <laughs> we need something uh, to ask. did you not like? Yeah. <laughs> I'll say it, it. It's not a complaint at all. Um, mm-hmm. It's just sort of like recognizing, you know, the difference in the medium. There, there's an element yeah. of the game that's like, like um, the, the pacing's different, obviously, because right. this relationship develops over, you know, more hours of, of, mm-hmm. of gameplay where where you can just sort of live. With, with the characters a little bit more than having the story like progress through the, and, and mm-hmm. then there's like, you know, certain scenes where the events 
play out in gameplay that have this like adrenaline quality because you have to do the game part like the violence of the game and like the struggle of like oh god if i can get this guy and then like oh god he killed me and 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 that doesn't translate to tv so they're like like the last like the ending in particular it's like this highly like adrenaline fueled like thing where you're like killing the guys and you gotta like you know save ellie um Mm -hmm. and i did miss that that part of the experience um it's not a criticism though because it doesn't it doesn't work as a tv show like the way they presented it in the tv show like actually works better and then the game part's there if i want to replay the game i can mm-hmm. i can get that that experience but but there were times where i was like oh it just hits a little different it just feels a little different mm-hmm. um so that's that's real yeah um uh, i think it, it is important in the last thing to have a little distance from the adrenaline fueling so that you can have moments of like horror at what Joel is doing, actually. I, I completely agree. Yeah. Oh, and actually, that kind of like uh, segues into my question for you, Jason, is that we, when you were in that scene and you're going to save Ellie, um, were you feeling that like, oh, this is a bit too much or oh, not? Yeah. Okay. So I, I love that question because, it, you know, that question of like, was it right? Was it wrong? It's a, huge debate ever since the game came out and it's renewed now because of the show in the moment that never occurred to me that yep. the magic trick of the game sort of worked such that like like I, I i remember after i beat the game i had this like feeling that i'd never played a game before where you know obviously i was like interested in the story i wanted to move the story forward and i would have an emotional reaction to the show or, or to the to the to the game and the story that was being told but it, it, in the original last of us like that scene it, it for me it felt like no i i i need to to make sure this doesn't happen to ellie like yep. i it really like put me in Joel's shoes emotionally so it wasn't even a question of was it right or wrong like I did that that never crossed my mind until other people were having that conversation yeah I was gonna do this you know and and like you get into the room in the operating room and uh the doctor he he grabs like the scalpel and the game you can shoot him you can kill him with any of your weapons or you can like walk up and like press triangle and he'll Joel will like grab his arm and stab him with the scalpel or whatever and it's just a really brutal moment and i you know i i was just like it just never occurred to me that maybe we shouldn't kill, <laughs> kill this guy right <laughs> you know like i was 100 percent on board and i needed to do it because i had played this game and, and i and i was just not gonna let this thing happen um, uh yeah and so that, yeah so yeah oh man yeah that is that is kind of what I would expect, and that is how I would react too, and I think that's how a lot of people probably did in the game. I was actually like just the other day reading about something. I think it's called Ludo Narrative Dissonance, mm-hmm. um, and it's talking about how in these games you play these characters that you sympathize with and you really like. They brought up Nathan Drake um, from the I think Far Cry series. Is that right? Um, or no, it's not Far- Uncharted. Is, uh, Uncharted. 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 Thank you. It was from Uncharted, and how he's like this charming, fun guy, and then you end up in these scenes in the game where you're killing dozens of people, and then he's just back to being like a normal, fun guy, and sort of like, oh well, you know, no big deal. I just killed thirty people, 
right? I mean, they were coming after me, so... <laughs> I mean, right? Fair. Um, but yeah, I think that that's something that happens a lot in these games is sort of like, yeah, you have that dissonance between um, the thing that your character is doing and the character mm-hmm. itself. Although, maybe not so much with Joel. With Joel, I feel like that all kind of, like, it kind of works. Mm. Um, there's a very interesting bit in Last of Us, in fact, um, where you have a moment like that where um, you come across, you know, that group, or they... Joel comes across that group of uh, like the four guys that are also looting that town yeah. um, where he kills one of them and then he gets stabbed uh, from his pr- perspective. It's self-defense. And then when they, they come down and hunt him later from their perspective, it's like the, the perspective that we normally have when we play games where we're like, well, this dude is going to fuck us up. So we got to take care of him first. Right. Where there's like the two competing sides that have the same point of view. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. I mean, they belong to a cult leader, so, you know, yeah. Mm, but, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. By, uh, by the very nature, yeah. If they're following around uh, David, uh, not great. That whole group was very depressing. They were very, yeah. That was possibly the most depressing group. Yeah. Of, 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 of a series about depressing groups. <laughs> yeah, and they're all, like, lying to each other. Like, the, the lady cooking the food is like, what kind of meat is this? And they're like, venice. <laughs> it's not starved to death meat. <laughs> Do you want it or not? Yeah, Perfectly normal meat. Nothing to see here. Don't worry about it. Oh yeah, I remember. Uh, I had a weird moment when that episode was coming out because uh, when we were watching that episode because uh, one of the warnings was uh, for nudity and the episode ended and I was like, where the heck was the nudity? And then I realized that it was referring to the plastic wrapped headless bodies that were just hanging in like that one scene. Oh my god. You see them for like half a second. I was like, oh, oh my yeah. god. Oh, right. Yeah, right. Like, the, yeah. the human bodies. Right. Okay, I guess that counts. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it shows that, it shows that uh, have uh, cannibalism in them. I keep waiting for a scene where they're all sitting down eating dinner and somebody stops and goes, this tastes like Charlene. It's a little tangy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I have a thing for weird cannibalism humor. I, 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 I blame Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Oh, Cannibal I mean, the Musical. That's Indeed. reasonable. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, that's how that's how we deal with like w- bizarrely like unconscionable situations, anyways, with humor. So it's not that yep. weird. And frankly, Fine. you know, if I was stuck in the world of Last of Us, I think that's, there would be points where I'd be like, "Well, cannibalism it is, you guys." Like, it's <laughs> I mean, not yeah. I'm not, I'm not serving to death. Like, we just need else? to make sure they're not infected first. You know, <laughs> got a got a better idea. All right, no, Denise, anything, Charlie? <laughs> All right, <laughs> cannibalism it is. Cannibalism it is. <laughs> yeah. And you better come up with an idea quick because uh, <laughs> who wants to vote on you're starving on the to list. death? All right, Steve, you can starve to death. Everybody yeah. else? <laughs> enjoy your enjoy your moral high ground. <laughs> <laughs> You're starving, Steve. <laughs> We're gonna eat you just as soon as you go. Yeah. Um, See, cannibalism. It's a untapped well of humor. I don't know. <laughs> this is good stuff. <laughs> enjoy your moral high ground, Steve. <laughs> We're uh, terrible people, and I love it. Uh, <laughs> um, a couple more things that were different from the game to the, the 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 TV show, from what I've been told by my friends who play the game. Um, one, the cordyceps 
uh, transmits through the air as you would expect a fungus to normally transmit with the spores in the air. But um, they decided to go with the gross mouth root because um, you don't want your characters to be wearing masks all the time. And I think that's particularly funny considering Pedro Pascal's other magical child TV show. I, I like to think it was Pedro Pascal being like, no, I'm not doing it. No more. Honestly, <laughs> one of the reasons that I, I don't watch Mandalorian, like Keith is like, ah, it's pretty good. One of the reasons that I don't watch Mandalorian is because I want to see the main actor's face. You're supposed mm. to project yourself ah, into that no, character. Okay. Thank That's you. Way no, that thank you don't you. see the face. No. There's a reason for like snake I, eyes. I agree. Uh, I'm an actor. The thing that I care about is the performance of the actors. That frustrates me a lot. Okay. That's not the way. I care more about the story. So the the actor's service of the story. Keith, Keith, don't don't even talk to me about caring about story. Okay? Don't Uh, pretend. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that I'm cool with the mask. But also, you know, season one to me felt very tropey. So, meh. Um, it's fine. Oh, the the other thing was, um, I hear that um, Ellie has more faith in David initially because when they're waiting in that cabin, um, they do get attacked by attacked by infected, and they have to team up together to fight it off. Oh. Which um, I they cut out, and I don't think it was necessary. Like we didn't we didn't need to trust. David, I actually um, forgot about that whole sequence of the game uh, <laughs> where where you're doing all the you know all these infected that you and and David sort of like team up to to get away from. Uh, it's a it's a pretty significant section, and I completely forgot about it until after the episode. Um, See, so I I thought, not yeah, that important. <laughs> yeah, it worked. Yeah. I think it worked. Yeah, I actually would. I disagree. I, I would say that'd be even more important so that we. Uh, trust David even more, and oh, then maybe that's one small uh, gripe which I don't actually have. I'm just trying to have a gripe. You're like, I um, think it would have been interesting if they fought off infected. That and like um, the lack of monster attacks. Like, I don't oh, want yeah. to have it being like uh, yeah, having to be monster of the week every week. Uh, like, I don't need like an action beat all the time every episode. But um, there was a distinct lack done. of monsters in the background, even in the far background, of me mm-hmm. feeling like there's monsters to worry about. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the world felt very empty of danger. There we go. Yeah, like, yeah. They, they set it up with with a with a Tessa at the very beginning, where like there was that huge pile of them just like sleeping, and then they got all the way to the the Capitol building, I think. Um, and then like one of them wakes up and then all of the ones like miles away wake up. So they, they had it set up, but then like we never used it again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Watch out for yeah, the I roots you right. step on and a little oh. more, back, a little more ba- uh, background pressure would have been. There cool. we go. Yes. Right. Cause there are, there are three whole episodes that didn't have any infected in them at all. And there are three other episodes that just had one infected show up the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I, I was thinking that the, a lot of the time, too, was that we're, yeah, we're missing out on our zombies in this zombie TV show. Um, and the zombie, but, co- the makeup was so well done. Just, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, it was hideous. And I hate yeah. mushrooms, so I was like, oh, it was really extra <laughs> gross for me. They ran uh, out of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I but But I, I will say that, like, the, the episodes where nothing went wrong for a long time, like, in the mall, and um, I think the episode right up until when they ran into that group 
the a four that stabbed Joel. Like the tension just got worse and worse and worse throughout the entire episode because nothing was mm-hmm. going wrong. And you know it's coming. You know something <laughs> has to. Yeah. Waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yep. <laughs> so that was very effective. And maybe mm-hmm. I did appreciate a little bit the the lack of stress that I got to experience while watching the show, just to experience the characters. So, like, I am forcing myself to to make a gripe, but <laughs> maybe but I did kind overall, of appreciate it. Yeah, A plus, good job. Hell yes, mm-hmm. I I'm dying to see because like I want to see if they can do this again in season two, where like it lost like a lot of the audience. Mm-hmm. Can they? can they restructure it so that everybody goes, Oh wait, now that works. And then like the people who don't know thing, what's coming, like what their action is going to be. So very excited to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really excited to see how they adapt the the second game. It's, yeah. it's going to be more difficult. It's a harder Definitely. thing to structurally like adapt. Um, and, and so I, I don't know what they're going to do, how they into it but uh, after, yeah. after seeing this I, I have a lot of faith I'm, I'm very yeah. excited I, I want to talk about why people's expectations for Last of Us Part 2 may have made Last of Us Part 2 less enjoyable for them based on how they typically expect a video game sequel to function but I don't want to go into detail so that it surprises Keith it's hard <laughs> to have that conversation without just opening the floodgates you know yeah exactly Mm -hmm. so um to that i will say that i hope people uh, my hope is that it's set up as kind of like an anthology at least initially if you know what i mean and i think that the extra scenes um that we had the ones with uh you know the two scientists on the talk show the one with the uh mycologist and the one with um uh nick offerman kind of set that so that people are more willing to see different points of view i think i I think so i i i see where you're going and then i think thanks yeah yeah, I, I think that there's things that are already in the the makeup of the second game, sort of how they sort of drilled in to find things in the first game. There's there's mm-hmm. things in the second game that they can take similar approaches to and, and sort of open open up the world a little bit that they, yeah. it will be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. And then the one spoiler I will give you, Keith, is uh, it, it, it's it's good that Ellie picked up that guitar. Oh wait, was there a guitar at the end of the first season? Yeah, yeah well, there's a bit where Joel's like, "Yeah, I'll teach you to play." Oh mm-hmm. shit! I didn't it's know. Very, it's, it's one of the cute like uh, uh, father father child moments. I I will say I know all the big beats that happen in the second game. I just don't know oh, if she ever find. Oh yeah, yeah, I I, I know the oh, the shit that's okay. about to go down. The things oh, okay, that I, I the only one thing I don't know is if she ever finds out about if she can cure the world or not. That's the only thing I don't know. Hmm. Okay, uh, well, we're not going to tell you that. And also for the audience at home that doesn't know, I hope you're excited about season two and I don't want to tell you anymore about it. <laughs> cool. Yeah, get hyped. Stay off the internet. It's full of spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Where? All right. Well, I think uh, I think that's what we got for Last of Us. Go watch it if you haven't. All right. All right. That brings us to the end of the episode, I guess. Thanks. So. Yeah. Rock on. Matt the Doc Falconer, where can we find more of you on the internet? 
Oh, let's see. You can always find me uh, at Doc Falconer on both Instagram and uh, Twitter. Should I ever tweet again? Uh, and you can also find me. I am in my friend Sarah's podcast quite a bit. Uh, Gene No with four O's, I believe, <laughs> uh, about the 90s X-Men cartoon. Nice. Oh, that's so good. No! <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, MJ, where can you find more of you on the internet? I'm on all the socials as MJ3342, and that's M-J-E-M-J-A-Y. All right. Nice. You remember this time. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Jason, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, I am on the socials uh, at jzednick. That's J-Z-E-D-N-I-C-K. My website's also jasonzednick.com. But I actually think that that my web host just took it down, so I should probably (laughs) find out if that still exists or not. (laughs) Voidcat, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me at Voidcat Gaming on Twitch, Twitter, or Instagram. I don't post on Instagram much, but you can you can like message me if you want to. Obviously, you can find me here. Um, soon in the future, uh, in the next three months, I hope you'll be able to find me on an ancillary channel of Couch Command. Um, okay. We'll we have to hide it. Stargate. It's going to be very exciting. Um, you got plans. You got plans. I need to start watching. Oh my god. Oh but my god! <laughs> I've only seen the movie. I've never seen any of the shows. It's a fun well to go down. It's the other yeah. Star Trek. I know it's um, on my list. But, you know, Max and I convinced Keith to watch it uh, several years back. And then Keith was like, "Oh no!" And now we're working on Matt, and we'll, we'll be there soon. <laughs> oh my god! Um, Drag me kicking the... and screaming. Yeah, I want to watch Stargate. Yeah, but I was wrong. I, I'm on a bunch of other um, tabletop streaming shows where I play some very diverse characters and they're all very ridiculous for example right now i have um a very like rules oriented um middle-aged guy and uh like a super nice. excitable very uh, gregarious fairy um in a dresden files game so if you're interested cool. in watching any of my improv um uh, you can find out what i'm doing stuff on twitter so twitter.com slash voidcatgaming. I'll be there until Twitter dies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can find me at Keith Hayward on Twitter, at Keith Justice on Instagram, and you can find this podcast and more on popgeeks.com. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. Geek out.
Bye.